direction I've felt to go has already been saying upon and spoke in principle. Apologize for my voice. We've been traveling. Everybody we run into sick. I think they get healed and give it to us. <laughs> Had grandbabies come over and they run fever. Anyway, we've been running to and fro and continue to do so as the Lord leads. I mean, we'll just be led by the Lord. I love this place. I don't, have I been here on Sunday morning maybe once? No, never have. Yeah, so we feel it an honor to be here. We love your pastors. They are like family to us. I don't think in all the 24 years that I've been running around with Pastor Cletty and then doing our own ministry, I've ever heard a pastor say, let's pray this guy is resurrected. <laughs> I mean, that's what we're supposed to be doing. So I, I think you're ahead of the curve. I did decide a few years ago that <clears throat> I would not receive no negative information. My mother, I love her, but she grew up very hard, very difficult, loves the Lord. But if you, if you get a bad head cold, she's planning your funeral. Do you know what I mean? Who you want to sing? You know, who's going to sing? Where are you going to have it? So I decide not to receive any bad news. And we may bury you. That's the plan of the Lord, because it's appointed once for everyone to die. Are you with me? But wouldn't you want somebody, if they gave you that death sentence from the hospital, would say, I don't believe it. I don't receive it. You know what I mean? I think I've told the story here where we had, well, right after I had decided, it wasn't a New Year's resolution. It was just something that I decided I was going to do because I recognize within my mother and a lot of people, the minute you call them, give them bad news, the first thing comes out of them, oh, I mean, no people like that. And my mother's very emotional like that. Just, oh, if you call and tell them someone's passed away, you know, the, oh, like that, just, oh, just can't hardly deal with it, you know, just takes it right in. And I thought that's the, we ought to be in the same way when the Spirit of God is moving, we should Take it in. Do you know what I mean? Take in the joy. Take in the peace. If you take in everything else, so I made my mind, I wasn't doing it. It wasn't long after that. My sister had a, a mass in her abdomen, and uh, my mother's freaking out, as uh, obviously she would. And I said, it's going to be all right. You know, I felt just peace of God. It's going to be all right. It turned out to be total benign, big, huge tumor thing, but it was nothing. I mean, no stuff can happen. It wasn't just a, two or three months after that, my brother-in-law had a heart attack. And, uh, oh, my God, Denny's had a heart attack. I said, he's going to be fine. <laughs> he needs to lose a couple hundred pounds, but he needs, he's going to be fine. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Turned out he was fine. Everybody say he was fine. fine. So it wasn't long after that, our daughter-in-law was pregnant. <clears throat> We had house meetings and had a pastor from South Africa come and prophesied you have twins. Wasn't long after that, right after they were married, Robin Rogers, if you know Robin, she prophesied you're going to have twins. About two years later, she goes to the doctor to find out about the baby and find out she's having twins. So I don't know how many weeks down the road it was. Huh? 23 weeks down the road, going to the doctor periodically. <clears throat> and uh, I was in Minneapolis. And my son called me and said, Candace went to the doctor today, and they're having her immediately sent down to Christ Hospital in Cincinnati. And uh, the, the cord is crimped. You mamas know more about this than men usually do. But the cord was crimped. So the one twin was being choked out. It was 30% underweight. And they said it was too early to deliver these babies so that the one who's being choked out will eventually die and then he'll end up killing the other one. So in order to save you, you need to abort this entire pregnancy. It was on a Monday. I'm going to tell you right now, the reason Columbus needs you is because a lot of the medical people today have no care for life at all. Not all, but it ain't like it used to be. And uh, so 
I could hear the stress in my son. I said, look, you let the doctors do what they do, and little did I know they were giving, they said this was an irreversible thing. And I said, you let them do what they do. We're going to do what we do. We're going to believe God. Yeah. I hung the phone up, was just telling the friend that was with me, sitting in his truck, because I felt the anguish coming from my son. You know, it's one thing for you to take a lot of steps, another thing for your children to have to go through stuff. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I mean, you could account to 20, and my phone rang, and it was Robin Rogers. If you know Robin, she is a character. A lot of times, I don't even answer the phone because I ain't got time to listen to her for two hours. Do you know what I mean? But I love her to death, but I, when I saw that, because I know the gift in her is dead on the money, and I thought, what's well, strange she called me, so I answered the phone. And she said, Scott, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, I'm down here in Hilton Head. I'm in a meeting, and I just told the pastor I had to step out and make a call. God just spoke to me. She said, I told them to keep the worship going. They're waiting for me to come back. I don't know what's going on, if anything. She kept prompting me. Do you know what I mean? I think telling her nothing. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> if she's got something to say, it'll be heavenly. You know what I mean? She said, uh, uh, but I don't know what's going on, but God clearly spoke to me to call you right now. And she said, I don't know what's going on, if anything's going on, but God. I'm like, come on, sister, give it to me. You know, and she said, but God spoke to me clearly to tell you whatever's going on. I don't know what's going on, if anything, but God said to tell you it's going to be good. And then I told her what was happening. She goes, I got to get back in here. They're waiting on me. And that was the end of the call. I was telling my friend now, do I call my son and tell him that? I thought, how stupid is that? Do you know what I mean? I called him up. I said, I'm going to tell you something. I just got off the phone. Robin Rogers just called me after I hung up from you. And she said, God spoke to her. She's in a meeting. She stepped out to call. And the Lord said to tell us that it's going to be good. And he broke down and wept. That was on Monday. Now, they took her to the hospital. And every hour on the hour, they're checking her on this machine. Gail went down there and declared towards my mother. And every negative person walked in that hospital room. We believe in God. It's going to be good. The Lord has told us it's going to be, there'll be no negativity. Now, her sister had just gone through and lost her baby after she delivered it. So you have this cloud hanging over the family. The parents come, all believers, but you know what I mean? I mean, no, the cloud can get on the believer. And so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, people calling all over. As soon as I got back on Tuesday, I put the phone on her belly. She said, I can, we'd have people praying from all over the world. She said, I can feel them moving. I can feel them kicking in there. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday was the day that they had to give them the decision, which there was no decision to be made from, you know what I mean? Even from the doctor's point of view, it had to be aborted. And so Gail was rushing down Friday morning to go down to the downtown hospital, Christ Hospital in Cincinnati. I thought to myself, I'm not going to fight traffic and go down there to hear them tell me it's going to be good. So she comes down and says, what are you doing? You're not ready. I said, I'm not going you can go down there. The Lord said it's going to be good. I mean, if the Lord says it's going to be good, it's going to be good. So she go down there. The meeting was at noon. I'm watching the clock, five after, ten after, quarter after. About 20 after the phone ring was Gail. I answer the phone, just click the button like that. Hit the speaker. First thing's out of her mouth. You're not going to believe what's going on. Five doctors have stood outside this room for 20 minutes to come in here and tell us they can find nothing wrong with these twins. <laughs> Even the twin that was 30% underweight originally was now within 5% of the other twin. And... Uh, my daughter-in-law's mother's a principal of the elementary school. She's, this was her gynecologist, doctor, OBGYN, whatever they are. She said, wait a minute. You told us on Monday this was irreversible. He said, yes, it is irreversible. She goes, well, we've had a miracle. He says, well, I don't really believe in miracles. Like I say, we're going to believe it. There was a machine. She said, we have had a miracle from God. Do you know what I mean? And we believe God came and moved in your irreversible situation. And uh, so, you know. I just say, I don't receive it. I got a landscaper down in our area, just got two kinds of cancer, 41 years old, not right with God. I said, you know what, man, I'm just going to believe you'd be totally healed. He said, well, you know, they told me one cancer they could fight, two kinds of cancer 
they said really was no hope. I mean, he was really like in shock. I said, well, I'm gonna believe they're all wrong. I said, don't you want somebody to believe they're all wrong? He, yeah, man, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Do you know what I mean? And I believe he's gonna give his heart to the Lord before it's all over. Anyway, just a little story there. I love what our brother said about the pool of Bethesda. If you really look at that in the King James, you see that translators added that phrase about an angel coming down and stirring the water to try to make sense of what it was. Jesus came and asked the man who'd been laying there 38 years, do you want to be healed? Well, every time I get ready and uh, somebody says the water's stirred, I can't get out. Somebody gets in front of me. How many know that's just religion? I said, that's just religion. Jesus said, do you want to be healed? And he gives him this big line of religious garbage, and he finally said, pick up your mat and walk, man, be free. And then he walked out of the place. Nobody else got healed because they're all waiting on some angel to come, which was a superstition of the time. There are a lot of superstition in the church, a lot of superstition in the Jewish people. How many know God just wants to heal you? He just wants to set you free and make you a whole. Somebody ought to shout this morning, man. Make it that. And then this song. I've made up my mind. Listen, I know I'm in the right place at the right time. I'm not going to hold you very long. Will you stand to your feet one more time with me? Lift your hands to heaven. That's where your help comes from. Close your eyes. And if you're serious this morning, pray with me. And if you're not, you better not pray. Dear Jesus, come this morning and rescue me. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Open up my eyes to see what I could not see. Open up my ears to hear what I could not hear. <clears throat> Plow my heart to receive your word. Give me faith and boldness to step out on your word this morning. Lord. Don't let me leave this building the same way I came. And everybody said, amen. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'll read out the Amplified Bible, so if it's too loud for you, you can turn it down. But I like it loud. I feel such hunger in this place. That's where I, I, I just was back and forth about, Lord, are you sure this is what you want to do? You know I, mean? I was like, let me give him something else. Let me, give him, let me give him something else. I don't want him to freak out on me. Then everything's been said as long the line, even pastor when he was praying. So I know I'm in the right place, whether you do or not. Let me read this to you. Paul, an apostle, a special messenger of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, favor, and spiritual blessing, mercy, and heart peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord, I thank God whom I worship with a pure conscience in the spirit of my fathers when without ceasing I remember you night and day in my prayers. Aren't you glad you have somebody praying for you night and day? Everybody needs a mammal. Everybody needs a papal that are praying for you. Do you know what I mean? I had a mammal and a papal. You need somebody that's praying for you. He says, I'm calling up memories of your sincere and unqualified faith, the leaning of your entire personality on God in Christ and absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. Faith. That is first lived permanently in the heart of your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And now I'm fully persuaded dwells in you also. That is why I would remind you to stir up. Everybody say stir up. Stir up. The Amphite says rekindle the embers. Everybody say the embers. Yes. Fan the flame of and keep burning. In Leviticus it says on the sacrifice that the fire must never go out. You must keep the fire burning. Everybody say, the fire, fire. must keep burning. Must keep burning. It, can it can never go, never go 
Go out. And the gracious gift of God, the inner fire. Everybody say the inner fire. The inner fire. That is in you by means of the laying on of my hands. That's why we believe in laying on of hands. If you could get everything you needed to get on your own, you wouldn't need anybody else. But that's why we believe in the laying on of hands. It's not about falling. It's about receiving. People have said to us, well, why are people falling in that place? Well, because they can't stand up. That's the first reason. Now, you go work it out. You go work it out. Friday night, laying my hands on a bunch of drug addicts, two or three different programs. So I've never fallen out like I. I said, it's not about the falling. It's about you obeying what you hear when you're out. If God put you down, I'd wait until I'd hear what God wanted from you. You know what I mean? For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craving, cringing, and fawning fear. I mean, there are so many people with panic attacks, young people. Nothing irritates me anymore when I call for people that are going through that and little kids jump off their parents' lap and run forward. There's no reason why little children should have, you know what I mean, panic attacks and fear. Do you know what I mean? It's the devil. Are you with me? But he's given us the spirit of power and of love and of calm and a well-balanced mind. Look at your neighbor and say, he must be talking about you. I may know some people need a well-balanced mind. You spend your life in building houses, you're going to tell you that whole crowd needs an undergoing. Do you know what I mean? But nevertheless... And discipline and self-control. I mean, you know, self-control is a fruit of the spirit. You got an anger problem? You just need more Holy Ghost. You got to let go of the old and get the new. Are you with me? Do not blush or be ashamed then to testify for our Lord nor of me, a prisoner for his sake, but with me, take your share of the suffering. I mean, you know, that's part of this walk we walk. Are you with me? To which the preaching of the gospel may expose you and do it in the power of God. There's never been an attack in the United States of America against people who believe Jesus is the only path to heaven, like there is right now. Am I in the right place here this morning? Right here in Columbus, Ohio. I don't believe it's by happenstance that you're here. Pastor Jim, Mary, you're here. Pastor Sean, the team. Is raising you up to meet that demonic power that comes to take over this region. Are you with me? <clears throat> so my message this morning is about yielding to the Holy Spirit. Everybody say yielding. yielding. Now it's the ministry that we've been called to is to set fires. The whole we had Scott and Gail Minister because that's what they told us. Everybody wants they need to know your name, recognize, but I don't care if you know my name. We did that for a year or so. I said, you know, let's change the whole thing. Our whole ministry is about encountering the fire, encountering the flame. So that's what we decided to call it, encountering the flame. I don't care if they remember who I even was just as long as you get to know him. Are you with me? Everywhere Jesus went, he said they worship God all the more. He took no credit for nothing. He said, only, see, only do what I see my father tell me to do. And we could go do things because we've had incredible miracles. Things happen. But we give God all the glory and we keep moving. Do you know what I mean? I just need to write videographer. You know what I mean? I found that thing and put them people on there and promote it and pay and get about 500,000 Twitter followers. People don't even know who I am. Just write a check and they'll give you a bunch of names. How many know you can do that? Nobody. How many know you can do that? You just give you Twitter followers. Maybe I'll enlighten you this morning. <laughs> I can't even get my TV controls to work. You know what I mean? But I know Twitter, you can buy names. So we've been called to set fires. You might just call us Holy Ghost arsonists. <laughs> it's what we do. It's my job. It's not the intellectualism that's going to change you. 
We believe in education. It was a must for our kids. I mean, it was a must. I grew up, they were still burning colleges down. No Pentecostal was going to send their kids to college. Do you know what I mean? I wasn't college material to start with. I say they let me out of high school because they didn't want me coming back. You know what I mean? So <laughs> Miguel's family, college was ingrained it into them as children. They knew high school, college. She has a, all, of, all of their family went to college. She has a brother to judge and another brother real estate. Another one was a school teacher, now real estate. And Gail's an accountant of education. And all of our kids that way. Our oldest son graduated right up here, Ohio State. He just finished his fifth tour of duty as a major in the Marine Corps. Let me pray for our military, especially now. He is right in Baghdad. He is the company commander of the rapid response team. I mean, oh, they're on high alert right now. We need to pray for our military. He'll be home in a couple weeks, Lord willing. Our, our middle son's a CPA, top his class. Our youngest son violated every rule. My family is all hillbillies from the mountains of Kentucky. They bleed blue. I said they bleed, they bleed Kentucky blue. My son drove all the way through Kentucky to go to Knoxville to the arch enemy of the University of Kentucky. He is a Tennessee volunteer. He bleeds orange like they bleed blue, and we nearly have anarchy every time they get together. That's AJ. It's not great preaching that'll change you. It's only the fire that will change you. People come to meetings and think they're fine. I don't know how you can come around this place and think you're fine, man. There's already a thing, Miss America. Am I saved? Am I really saved? Because the Holy Spirit's so thick in this place. Do you know what I mean? But while people are sitting in their seats, the Holy Spirit is pouring out spiritual kerosene even this morning upon you. And it's about to get lit this morning. I said, it's about to get lit this morning. You can't be launched until your fire gets ignited. If you're not ignited by the fire, you just sit there on the launch pad looking important, nowhere to go. People just come by and look at you and talk about, yeah, that thing used to one time went somewhere. Now it just sits on the launch pad. Some are here this morning that you've been out and come back. You need some tiles replaced. You need some rewiring done. Some switches replaced. Y'all with me? Come to get your instruments recalibrated. Yeah. Got to get your next GPS assignment. Come to get refueled. I can sit right here and get refueled. I'm already topped off. I'm already topped off. I've always said and come in here, whether the Mary Baker's up there or, or the team that's been anointing that's, un, but the truth is it's all the anointing that's on her and the worship is on this team. And when I close my eyes, it's almost like I wilt. If I don't get a hold of myself, if I lay on the floor, I literally couldn't, I would be no use to you. So I'm holding back. It's going to come out another way. But I just felt being topped off. It's a rare place right here. You're sitting on the launch pad, launch pad ready to go. When you build a bonfire, anybody build a bonfire up here in the city? Two, two people. Maybe I need to get out Pickerton. How many have ever built a bonfire? 
Yeah, city dwellers. Eventually, that bonfire will burn down. Now, I'm not talking about bonfire, you Columbus people, the little thing you put on your patio. I'm talking about something that if it got a little bit out of control would burn half the town down. Do you know what I mean? I'm talking about a, you see through it. It's so big. I may have been that kind of a fire. Eventually, that fire will burn down. Regardless of how big it was in the beginning, through the course of the night, it will burn down. When we go to South Africa, they build big bonfires. And it'll burn down into a pile of embers. If left unattended, at some point, it'll just be ashes. Then you have to take your poker, and you have to stoke that big thing. Bigger fire takes a bigger poker. You start uncovering some embers still laying there underneath some of the ashes. And when you poke that thing, they begin to have that oxygen go across them. They start getting really bright. then hopefully you can get a few of them together, little flickering embers, and put a dry log on those embers. And just in a matter of minutes, <laughs> let me know that sound. fire begins to build once again. Now this is the way it is in many churches we go to. One time there was a fire. And we start poking around with the word of God. I said we start poking around with the word of God. And what I thought was dead, we find a few little embers. I said we find a few little embers still burning. Uh, years could go by, but we find a few embers burning, and we just throw some dead logs on that fire, and woof, are you with me now? Woof, it's right back again. The fire is right back again. I said the fire is right back again. There's an igniting of a fresh fire. You got to pull out all the old ashes to find those burning embers. Churches go through. We just had a pastor show up Friday night. Gail and I went up there. We had an incredible move of God, three or four day meeting. I really, I come here because we're already in relationship. We had a call this week to come some down to Louisville and play. I'm not doing it because I've already been there for a week or two weeks. God moves. They find out the drummer smoking reefer. I get walking around telling people I could be smoking reefer. I just kept saying that every night. I could be smoking reefer, but I'm not. They called me one night during the meeting and said, Scott, young girl got saved this week, been dating a drummer. Felt convicted in her heart. She called and said, you know, is it right? that You know, he and I have been sitting out in the parking lot smoking reefer before church. The pastor said, what do you want to do about it? <laughs> I said, ain't my job, bro. I mean, you want your drummer smoking reefer, that's up to you. But it's funny, I've been saying that every night, and the girl that gets saved is more convicted than the guy that's supposed to be right playing the drum. Are you listening to me now? That young girl got filled with the Holy Ghost the next night. You got to pull out all the old ashes. Pastor was there Friday night. Gail and I were there. Things started happening just in a matter of weeks. Had two different people split the church. 
I tell you, when the fire comes, do you think you're going to be popular? Huh? How many already know you got issues with people? Do you know what I mean? Or they have issues with you? You're a peculiar people, by the way. That's what the Bible says, peculiar. What a name. You just believe God has empowered you to raise the dead, cast out demons. Am I in the right place? If you go back to an old fire that's just been left unintended, all you'll find is ashes. But I tell you, our job is to start removing those ashes. And ashes are people that refuse to do anything else. See, God wants to send in people that their flame is just barely flickering, but they can come in here and they start feeling the wind of the Holy Ghost. Are you with me? And their, their spiritual thing begins to get hotter and hotter. Do you know what I mean? And God wants to ignite them like he's going to do this morning. So you got to start again when the fire is completely out. Things happen. People go through divorce. They get hurt in the church. Someone close to them dies they didn't feel should have died. Something happens that caused the fire to go down to almost nothing. How many know people like that? So the first ignition substance you have to have is hunger. Without hunger, you'll never have fire. I said, without hunger, you'll never have fire. I had a friend call me up, and one of the leading evangelists out there, and he called me up about another evangelist God's been using he said, are you watching so-and-so on the internet? I said, well, actually, no. I think I'm watching Andy Griffith reruns, actually. <laughs> he said, well, look it up. And I turned it on, seen the meetings, and they had a bunch of people lined up in the front and praying for everybody. It didn't seem like much was happening. He said, what do you see? I said, well, he's praying for people, man. Doesn't look like anything's happening. What's he calling for? I said, well, he's yelling fire, but don't look like much out there. He said, when you call for fire and there's no fire, you open the door for strange fire. The number one ingredient for the fire of God to touch your life is hunger. If you ain't interested in the fire, you ain't going to have the fire. Are you with me now? God will not force himself upon you with his fire. You got to be prepared to make up your mind. Regardless, it ain't about you being some super, you know, good Christian person. It's about somebody who's made up their mind that no matter what happens in their life, they're going to stay in the center of the fire. If they crawl out of it, they'll crawl right back in it. Are you with me now? They've made their life's journey. They've made their life decision. They will follow after him. You can live a cold spiritual existence all your life, just frostbite all the time. I mean, you know what I mean? Now, I mean, listen, God sends me out where everybody else is in the Bahamas in January. I'm out in North Dakota where it's minus 50, minus 60 degrees. <laughs> I never knew something like that even existed other than the top of the earth. You know what I mean? You live in North Dakota, you are a one strong individual. I mean, it'll get to minus 70 out in North Dakota. Anybody know that? You can't even get out. I mean... 15 seconds to freeze your skin. You can live a cold, spiritual, frostbitten life all, all of your spiritual life. If you choose the frozen chosen. And many people do. I said many people do. They like an old, cold, dead service. Shivery. Don't even realize their body's trying to get warm. That the call of God is wanting you to be lit by his fire. It's too much trouble for some people. Blind Bartimaeus had a coat. That coat was his license to steal given by the, by the city. Not anybody could just beg. You had to go down and get a permit. <laughs> just like Columbus make you do today, probably. His permit was the coat that he wore. 
when Jesus called his name, the Bible says that he threw off his coat, which means if he hadn't got healed, he couldn't have found his coat. You got to be willing to throw off the old to get the new. I said, you got to be willing to throw off the old that you've depended on. Are you with me? Your crutch, you got to be willing to throw that spiritual thing away and come after him. People worry about it getting out of control. I mean, my pastor is one of the great. If he would have lived, he would have been the household name. You'd have known him. He preached along T.D. Jakes. He used to say, I'd rather have a, a little strange fire than no fire at all. Because you can pastor that. You know what I mean? I said, you can pastor that. You got to let the fire burn big. Everybody say burn big. Who wants a little old tiny fire that you can hide whenever you want to? You need a fire that burns big. I said, you need a fire that burns big. Primarily because there'll always be enough wet blankets to put your fire out. I said, there's always enough wet blankets out there to put the fire out. So the fire comes for a reason. The fire is holy. It's because Jesus is the baptizer of Holy Ghost and fire. Many people have the Holy Ghost. Not many have the fire. I said many people have the Holy Ghost. Not many people have the fire. You need the fire. If you're a born-again Christian, you need the fire. That's the promise of God for you. Somebody say amen. The fire is a purging fire. That's why many people don't want it. The fire is a refining fire. It'll burn out all the dross in your life. I mean, no, gold is a precious thing, but it has to be heated. Even then, the impurities are taken out of the gold. A purifying, refining, purging fire. All the issues of life get burned out when the fire comes. All, all the wounds that have never been healed in your life get burned out. I said they get burned out when the fire consumes you. All the money you spend for somebody to sit and listen to your story, just 30 seconds in the fire. Are you with me right now? Come yielded. 30 seconds in the fire will solve it all. Do I need the fire? That's what people are thinking about now. Do I need this fire? God will not force it upon you. He only comes where he's wanted. He only comes where there's hunger. The Lord will never take you to the level that you're unwilling to yield to him. He will never take you to the level that you're unwilling to yield to him. The Bible says that he changes us from glory to glory. Some people just go from bondage to bondage. I mean, we want to go from glory to glory. You want to break that cycle. I said, you need to break that cycle today. That's what all these drug addicts down there. I, look, people probably can never figure me out. I have a hard time figuring out drug addicts. I really do. Uh, I, we've had them in our family 20 years. Heroin addict. Come from a great family with money. Just chose at age 12 to start living a crazy life. End up on heroin 20 years. Lost her kids, three kids. Her sister, who already raised her kids, took her kids in. A lot of drug addict people always thinking that somebody owes them something. It's a lie from hell. That's why in the center of every person's mind, whether you're a drug addict or not, you got to make your mind up. That's why that song is so important. I made up my mind. Everybody say, I made up my mind. Well, I'm not sure everybody has, but... A lot of you have. We're going from one degree of glory to another degree of glory. First, Second Corinthians 3.18. You can't get it all in one whack. Your body can't handle it. Uh, until you get a glorified body, you wouldn't be able to handle it all. So he gives it to you. And then, you, you know, you start yielding to it and you feel like a million dollars. Then it ain't too much longer after that. You don't even know if you're saved. Because he's working on other areas of your life. Are you with me now? 
He needs one more time to touch you, one more time to touch you, one more time. In all of your life, it'll be one more time to touch you, one more time to touch you by the fire. Are you listening to me? From glory to glory to glory to glory. Things that matter so much to you now, when you get touched over and over, mean nothing to you. It draws you to him where he can speak to you and you can hear him clearly. He expands you as you grow to bring a level of maturity as you change constant process. Jesus was resurrected from the dead. Every time they saw him, they didn't know who he was because every time they saw him, he was being transformed. Glory to glory. Are you with me? They didn't even recognize him. They see him again. They didn't know who he was. He had to tell them one more time, glory to glory. He was in a constant state of being changed from glory to glory. Just like you and I are. It never stops until we see him face to face. You can burn for five years and stop burning. I say you can burn hot for five years, ten years and stop burning. And when you stop, God stops. You stop at that level. That's why I reject Moves of God where people just want to constantly reflect on that. We're having it coming up on 25 years at Heritage when God invaded that place. I spoke there Friday night. And I said, look, actually, I think I spoke this same message. I am not looking back to that. That is a marker of what happened. Do you know what I mean? I have never just wanted to keep looking back at that. I'm looking forward to things I have not seen. I got right with God at home. but no preacher there. There's always things we have to deal with. We get free from drugs, and we have to start dealing with attitude. Do you know what I mean? Why do I always think somebody owes me something? That has to get solved. I said that has to get solved. Guilt. Parents that have kids run off and somehow they feel guilty. It's our fault. No, no, you got to get over yourself. I said you got to get over yourself. Start trusting, believe God. Let the fire come on you. Do you know what I mean? There'll be people running around drug addicts. They'll never get free until you get the fire. If it don't work at home, it don't work nowhere. We've had personal experience of these kinds of things. I said, if it doesn't work at home, it doesn't work nowhere. That don't mean they're going to get everything right. But that don't mean the fire won't burn so hot in you. None of that craziness will come around your house. Am I in the right place here today? Some of you look at me like I've lost my mind. And the truth is I have. So just when you get rolling, God starts dealing you with another thing. Or he's talking to you about giving you something that you're scared to death to take. And, and the truth is, there's a big part of you here that you're, that's, that's your real issue. God wants to impart something to you that it scares you out of your mind. You don't feel like you're worthy. You know, let me, tell, let me clue you to something. You're not. But because he was, you are. Are you with me? It's all about him. It ain't about you. Look at your neighbor and say, it ain't about you. Look at your other neighbor and say, well, I thought it was about me, but it's not. The key is to stay in the fire because the fire that changes you is the fire that protects you. When the enemy come around, he can't get close. It's a purifying, protecting fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the fire, and the ones that threw him in the fire were slain. But the three Hebrews in Daniel 3.25, I'll just read this to you, and I'm about to wrap this thing up. I feel the Holy Ghost. It says, therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame and sparks from the fire killed those men who handled them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I mean, no, they ain't from Kentucky, where <laughs> they fell down bound into the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king who ordered this craziness, saw and was astounded. He jumped up and said to his counselors, did we not cast... Three men bound into the midst of the fire. 
They answered, true, O king. And he answered, behold, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth looks like the Son of God. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, come out. They had no hurry to get out of the fire because they were with the one who put the fire on them to start with. They never even smelled like smoke. It's a fire that wants to burn in you. It's a fire that wants to change you. So how do you yield to the fire? The same way you yield to bad news. You come and yield yourself. The first thing has to happen is you've made up your mind. I said you've made up your mind about him. You want everything that's offered to you. You don't want to play the religious game. I said you don't want to play the religious game. You want the fire. You want the fire that heals, saves, delivers, the so-so. You want the fire. All the learning will do nothing for you if you don't have the fire. Evangelism and all that you want to do will never work totally until you are embraced by the fire. When you go out on the streets, you need to get together and let the fire burn in you. Are you with me? Stir it up. Stir it up. Then walk out on the streets. That's what they do. In Reading, that was the first place I saw that happen. They got together, got under the fire, and they went out. Rodney and them do it down in Tampa. They get under the fire. Then they go out on the street. Words of knowledge come. Bill Johnson, that crowd, you guys know, affiliated with them. Well, they video, and on Sunday, they call it the spoils of war. I'll never forget going in down into the, the uh, uh, bad part of town there, if you will. An African-American guy has just put his pants on, no shoes on, no shirt on, coming out to his car to get something. And they come walking down the street, these guys from Reading. They said, man, do you know Jesus? He said, no, man, I got time to mess with you guys. He said, man, do you know Jesus? I got time to mess with you guys. Get out of here. He said, look, man, God wants to heal your stomach problems. He looked at him and said, how would you know I had stomach problems, man? He said, can we pray for you? He said, go ahead. They laid their hands on his stomach. The guy stepped back, started weeping, said, who are you people? They said, we've come sent by Jesus to let you know that he wants to heal you. He wants to save you. He wants to set you free. Do you want to pray and get to know him? They got, the guy said, yes. And they led him to the Lord right there in the middle. I said, my God, isn't this how it's supposed to work? Look, in Acts chapter 2, the fire fell on each one of them and it spilled out on the street and 3,000 people got right with God. We coming up with all these inventions. You just need the fire. That's all you need for your family, for your protective self. And to see this city shaking, it will not come any other way. I'll rest my case. Just breathe it in. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, just like uh, Mary said uh, to the angel, Lord, be it unto me. Jesus. Lord, we just receive this message. We receive this word. Lord, we say yes to the fire. I just encourage you right now, just talk to the Lord, whatever it is that's going on in your heart, but I just feel like there needs to be a big fat yes. Not a little yes, all, all caps, bold, yes. God, those places that we've held on to, well, we just put it in the fire. Worrying about family members, worrying about future, are we going to have enough to retire? We just put it in the fire. Jesus. It's okay to wait. It's okay.
Some of you, you know that there's a, a place that you've been holding on to, and I just encourage you right now, just whatever it is that he's putting his finger on, just give it over to him right now. Some of you got habits that you've been ashamed of, just give it to him right now. Is there anybody in here you do not know Jesus? You, you've been in here, and uh, maybe you've heard a message before, but something is, uh, is knocking on your heart this morning. You do not know Jesus, but you want to follow him. You want to trust him. You want as much of him in your life as possible. You're not just believing facts about him 2,000 years ago, but you're wanting to have a relationship with him. Is there anybody in here you do not know Jesus, but you'd like to this morning? I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. Is there anybody in here you do not know Jesus, but you want to follow him today? I want to begin that walk of relationship with him. Is there anybody in here? We have this happen all the time. People don't raise their hand, but we have ministry teams at the end. You're welcome to come up. We'd love to pray with you. We're excited to do that. Well, I think Scott's going to, are you going to come back and minister, Scott? Yeah. Okay. And so let's, uh, if we can have our ushers come forward, we want to be a blessing to Scott. We so appreciate him coming up here. And uh, I think you can see why he's family. We need, we need what he carries. This is so good. And so there's a bunch of different ways you can give. Uh, uh, if you go to the Zion app, if you uh, scroll down to Scott Willis, it'll give directly towards that. Everything that comes in, we're giving over to Scott. And so uh, you can give check. If you can make the checks out to Zion, we count it separate. It'll go towards him. And uh, cash check. If you want to give a credit card, there's envelopes in the back of the seats there. Or you can just uh, do the text to give. It'll take about 20 seconds to set up, and then it'll, it'll work from there. So ushers. And usherettes, it's always good to see the usherettes. Just give them a second to write. All right, go for them. How many guys are a little nervous for Scott the minister now? Anybody here? Those of you who aren't nervous, you don't know him, so you should be if you're not nervous, I'm just telling you you should be. So it's going to be good. I think his word was it's going to be lit. I think it was. <laughs> well, thank you, Jesus. Let's wait another moment here for all the, the buckets. When do we make the transition from plates to buckets? It used to be plates. Now we've got buckets. So. I guess buckets hold more maybe. I don't know. Remember, like back in the 80s, they were doing like those Kentucky Fried Chicken buckets. Remember those? Somehow it went from those brass plates with the red velvet to the Kentucky Fried Chicken buckets all of a sudden. So, Tim Savage, how many days have we got? So we have 13 days. All right. Happiest man in Zion right there is getting married in 13 days. Him and Tiffany, excited. Tim and Tiffany, who will soon be known as Timphony. So, very exciting. It's going to be hard not to bring that out in the wedding, so... You're hoping I do. All right, I got permission. All right, I'm doing the wedding, so excited for you guys. Very cool. All right, looks like we're just about done here. Thanks for being hungry, guys. And so uh, let's welcome back Scott, and let's just, let's just roll with it.
ask again, every head bowed and every eye closed. You had the appeal from your pastor. But I just get a sense there are those here that are not totally right with God. When I say totally right, you've never made that decision as the team comes and I want them to sing that song. You've never made up your mind. You've never really asked Jesus into your heart. You have to make your mind up. You want to become a Christian. Not identified as with a group, as maybe your race. But I am a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I believe the word of God is true. Hanging around this place and not making that decision will no more make you a Christian than hanging around at the airport out there makes you an airline pilot. The facts are nobody has to tell you. Nobody has to point their finger in your face. When you lay your head on your pillow at night, you know things are not right. Do you know why that's there like that? In Ecclesiastes, the Bible says that God has put eternity into the heart of every human soul. He wants you to be aware of your eternity with him. Where do you stand? Where do you stand? One more time, we're going to ask. You're in this place, you know for sure. Nobody has to drag you. You'd say, Scott, I want to make things right this morning. I want to know for sure that if something happened to me today, I would know I'd go to heaven. I mean, everybody's going to heaven, but not everybody gets to stay. The Bible says the sheep go to the right and the goats go to the left. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shine you'd say, Scott, pray for me this morning. I want to make things right with, with God. Just lift your hand. Anybody in this place, one more time. One more time, we give you an opportunity to just lift your hand. Say, Scott, remember me. Is there anybody in this place? We don't want to go the next step without that. Anybody here? Secondly, you're in this place. You know you're going to heaven. But the fire that I've been talking about has dwindled down to just a small ember flickering. It could be a, a divorce, a sudden loss of a loved one, a, a bankruptcy, a, a business failure. You got hurt in the church. Somewhere along the line, the fire is almost out. You'd be honest this morning and say, Scott, I need that fire back in my life. I bet you just slip your hand up and say, remember me this morning. Anybody in this place? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All over this place. All over this. Yeah, I'm in the right place. Then others of you recognize the hour in which we live, that sometimes that nervousness that pastors talked about, and we all feel it, trust me, I feel it all the time, that God may be willing to impart something in you, you just don't know how you can handle it. It's not up to you to worry about it. It's up to you to receive it, then he will teach you. That's why you're in the church. That's why you're in the church. That's why you're surrounded by people that, you know, let everything be established by two or three witnesses so you don't get off track. But you realize that there's more that God wants to do in your life. And you lift your hands right now and say, Scott, yep, that's me. I, I, I get nervous. I can stand to your feet all over this place. If you're hungry for the fire, I want you to get out of your seat and come right now. Just come as an act of faith. Move right now. Come. Come out. This is your day. This is your hour. You don't need a preacher to lay hands on you, though I'm going to probably minister to you. Don't worry about the clock. Don't worry about the time. Kepka's going to win the PGA. You can watch the reruns. Sing that song, bro.